All right. If you weren't here last week, we uh, we got a word on keep your eye on it, or keep an eye on it. And uh, Tommy, Billy, I don't know if this is going to flow into a series or not. We'll just see what happens. But um, last week was about keeping an eye on it. You know, when God gives us a promise a lot of the times and as soon as he gives us a promise, here comes adversity. Here comes unfavorable circumstances and situations in our life. And now all of a sudden, we're smacked in the face with something that don't look like anything that he just said. Right? And the first thing we want to do, throw in the white towel. We done. Match over. This can't be right. This don't look nothing like it. So we quit right in the midst of a storm because of the distractions and the debris that's flying around in our life and in our home and spiritually and financially and health. And the next thing you know, man, we've taken our eye off of how many of you still keeping an eye on it? (laughs) Now listen. If you don't scream at me this morning, I'm going to scream at you. You better talk back. All right, let's go. If you got your Bibles, let's get into Joshua. This is probably, I know I ain't supposed to do this, but this is one of my most favorite books in the Bible. I love Joshua. Um, Joshua's always been able to in time of my need, been able to pull me out of things and put me where I'm supposed to be. He takes me from one side of the Jordan and puts me on the other side where I'm supposed to be. So uh, hopefully this morning you'll be able to grab some of this and and take it with you. I opened up earlier this morning and I told you this is here to there. How many of you are where you want to be? Raise your hand. If you're where you want to be today in Christ, In life, spiritually, financially, relation, nobody. So everybody in here is looking for the there. Man, we're going to have to put these two together. Last week and this week's probably going to have to go together. Don't ask me what title of it's going to be. I don't know yet. But now that I know I'm talking to the right people that's looking for the there, are you keeping an eye on it? Or have you, like many of us, have been distracted by circumstance, situations, storms, debris, and we fall? Doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't make you a bad person. What it does make you is make you understand that you're nothing without God. God said with him all things are possible. He said, have I not said it? Will I not perform it? Let every man be a liar. Let, Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. If he said it, guess what? It's as good as done. Now, we might have a process that we got to go through to catch up where he's at. 
right? Because how many of you know the enemy doesn't attack you and the enemy will not fight you from where you are? They won't fight. He ain't going to fight you from here. Come on. He ain't going to fight you from here. He's going to fight you from there. Well, if we only knew, if, if we could know as much as he knew about what God can do through us, if we can get a hold to it, we would go beyond him and all his little stuff wouldn't mean nothing in our life. Satan, is that the best you got? I know where I'm going. I know what God's called me to. I know what he's promised. <laughs> but no, because we choose to fight from here. Oh, this is what happens. This ain't nowhere in here. This is free. He, because he's fighting you from there, it causes you to defend from here. Woo! And the Bible said that he give us dominion. Go and have dominion. Go and occupy. You can't occupy by defending all the time. <laughs> The kingdom suffer violence. <laughs> you still wanting to go there? Is that is it? Listen, come on. Will you ride with me this morning? Just take a bus trip. All right. I'm not even going to charge you the fare that they would charge you. Just get on the bus. Let's go for a ride this morning. Because I promise you, if we if we'll maintain focus, if we'll keep an eye on it. He'll never fail. <laughs> oh, I don't know how y'all going to work with me. I'm going to work with you. Hang on a minute. Let me get on so I can see. I can see that back there, but I can't see this. Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. It said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, you have to understand where we're at. Moses has gone. <sighs> Man, I ain't got time to go through Wednesday nights. If you're not here on Wednesday nights to study through this thing of Moses, okay? Because I, I can't go back to Wednesday and preach Sunday. I, 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 I can't. Now, now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, and you and all this people <laughs> to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. See, some of us got our question answered right in that. Who is all this people? It's the children of Israel. Who's the children of Israel? Come on. Come on, it's going to be like Bible study. It's going to be like a Wednesday night. Y'all okay with Wednesday night? Because I'll challenge you. Okay, I want to wake you up. I want to pull you out of here. And I want to take you there. Moses has gone all his life being equipped To deliver a people out of bondage that's been there 400 years. How would you like the task of having 80 years to break 400 years? See, we listen, don't be discouraged, Christian. Don't, don't be discouraged. And it took 80 years. For Moses to even get them to do the first step. It took him 80 years. 
And see, you're trying to go lay hands on and deliver people from demons in one week. You're trying to go and lead and preach a people in two months. Y'all okay? Well, say amen or something. Man, falling asleep up in here. Up in here. Oh. I ain't been saved all my life. I want to go. I want to go through a couple things before I get into some some other stuff. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, God is talking to Joshua. I said this earlier that God doesn't give him. He's not going to give you promises without direction and encouragement. You with me? So if you don't have any direction, we didn't fell back to what? A wish. It must not have been a promise from God. It must have been a wish. You got God will give you a promise and He's going to give you direction. So God is talking to Joshua. Here Joshua is. Now you got to remember who Joshua was. Joshua was brought up alongside Moses. Joshua served Moses. You know what servitude does? It breaks you. Servitude separates you. Servitude molds you. And here's Joshua. Joshua wasn't the one. He wasn't the Aaron and the Hur. <laughs> Joshua was the man other than Moses. When, when Moses needed a battle one, who did he send? He didn't send. He sent Joshua because Joshua was a, a in-your-face type of dude. You, you Come on, you remember? <laughs> you remember when the angel of the Lord walked up and had his sore and draw. Joshua didn't sit back and go to a board meeting. <laughs> he didn't go and ask everybody if it was okay. That man went straight to him and said, you with me or you with them? Are you with me or are you with them? That was a bad dude. <laughs> Look, somebody show up like that. I'm sorry. I just don't see the countenance of this man coming up like that. I just don't see that. We're talking about God rolling on the scene. The one that said, and everything lived. That's the one that we're talking about. And Joshua had the audacity. Joshua was given a spirit of victory, a spirit of battle, a spirit of courage. And he walked up and said, what's up? We want to do this now. We want to do it then. What do you want to do? I don't want to get too far into that because then the Lord spoke to Joshua. 
man, that might be good for somebody. He said, this is like in chapter 5. He told Joshua, he said, uh, take your sandals off. This is holy ground. You know, when God spoke to Moses, I ain't know we're here yet. Hang on. When God spoke to Moses in the burning bush, he told Moses the same thing. Take your shoes off. This is holy ground. I used to think that he was talking about where they were standing. And he was. Not in the sense that you and I think. <laughs> he said, this is holy ground. He said, you are right now exactly where I divinely ordained you. Not talking about the spot. He's talking about the place. See, we, oh, we are so in a hurry to obtain an inheritance and to obtain our promise. And it's not yet time. The ground's not holy. I'm still worried. He put Moses behind the desert for 40 years. Something with 40. Joshua had to have been 40 years old when he went and looked at Jericho the first time. Because he was about 80-ish. Oh, he was about 80-ish when they crossed up. Come on. 40 years around the desert. 40 years old. Come on. Never mind. Stop. Where you are is holy. See, you're, you're going to have to grab some of this stuff. Man. This is why oh, my mind's going like this. You've got to grab sometimes. When, when God gives you a promise, if he says this is holy ground, guess what? Can't nobody take your place. Oh, see, we're, we're too worried about other people taking our place. I'm worried about you getting my inheritance. Guess what? He created it for me and me alone. You can't have it. It's yours. He gave it to you. He ordained a moment in your life, and he said, here is your promise. God, where do you want me to go? Tommy, give me that again. I don't want to lose everything I got. Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise. This, all right, let's talk about Moses for a moment. Who is Moses? What could Moses possibly represent to us today? 
Moses, first of all, was a representative of the law. With me? The law was created in such a manner that it, would, it was to draw you to the inheritance. You with me? It's to bring you to the promise. <laughs> oh. So here's Moses, the representative of the law. He brings the Israelites out. He brings them under religious antics spiritual things that they had to do, religious acts that they had to do, and they had to do in a correct manner because that is what God gave him a promise, then God gave him what? He gave them instruction. He gave them direction. So Moses took the promise. Go get my people out. We're going to go through all that stuff. Then we're going to set them free. Moses said, okay. Then God said, you're on holy ground. Now, you ain't got no choice. You're on holy ground. It is divine right now. And you, you, inside of you, you are ready to fulfill and to walk out what I give you. So here comes Moses. He's a representative of the law. He brings the people to the Jordan. That's as far as he could go. Moses is a symbol of repetitiveness. Round the mountain, round the mountain. Come a big black bear. Oh, we used to do that with the kids. Never mind. But he's a symbol of repetitiveness. How often? Man, LB don't know what he said to me earlier, but he just confirmed word too. Um... He said, you know, we, we just do things. We don't even really realize we're doing them. This is, this is what happens with repetitiveness. We do it over and over and over and over and over. No longer is it second nature. It becomes first nature. Now we don't even recognize. If you <laughs> uh, Let me lighten you up a little bit because right now you're tense. If you sing bad from first grade all the way to 12th grade, Chances are you're going to sing bad until the day you die. All right? But if you sing bad from first grade to about sixth grade and you start taking some singing lessons, uh-oh, we might be able to draw something good. <laughs> With me? Repetitiveness. See, they were so caught up in doing the same thing all the time. They became complacent where they were. They had no desire to do anything. They hung out. It was all they were slaves. They were in captivity. Oh, they had boundaries, but those boundaries came with a purpose. You can be in the wrong place, but if you define purpose, you'll never move to the right place. Everybody in here wants to fulfill purpose. Come on, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking to complacent generation. I'm not talking to people that want to sit back on their hindquarters and do absolutely nothing in their life. You already, you already messed up. You already told me you wanted to go there. <laughs> so eat. Okay? Just eat. 
Moses brings these people out, and the next thing you know, Moses is cut off, and now here's Joshua. Can you imagine? <laughs> as bad as I want to grow a church, <laughs> I don't want it to grow that fast. <laughs> huh? Woo, we got enough of our problems of our own right now. We don't need to just... <laughs> No, Moses, it's good. Hey, take a bite of apple, live a little longer, do something. God comes to Joshua and says, okay, Moses is dead. Could it possibly be that God looked at Joshua and said, Joshua, what used to work where they were? Over here? Ain't going to be able to be used because it's not going to work over there. Joshua, I know that you're used to it too. Joshua, you, you went around the mountain with him for 40 years. I mean, he 80 some years old. He got to be tired too. I know I would have been. He said, but listen, Moses is dead. God operates in seasons. It just might be that God's plan and his purpose for me is now. May not be that his plan and purpose for me is me then. What may be working for you now may not work for you then. What's working for you here ain't going to work for you there. But God's promise never did it. He promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. Did he not? To the old Israel. I don't want to call them hard heads. They were just stuck. They knew nothing different. And God is saying, Joshua, listen. Rise up. Oh, I love that word, rise. Will, will, you, will you rise up? Will you position yourself to take from me what you're going to need in order to take them across that. We're going to get to that in a minute too. It's actually called this. But we're going to get to this when we get to that. He said, rise, rise. Get up. You get up and get away from, move outside of where you are so that I can give you something new, something fresh, because Joshua's a representation of what? He's a representation of the promise, of the inheritance. Joshua is a what? Of Jesus in the Old Testament. What is he?
He's a representation of Jesus, but he is also, he's used metaphorically, isn't he? He is, Joshua means God is salvation. God delivers. Joshua was, if you want, the Old Testament Jesus. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Moses is dead and gone. Joshua now lives. The law, the law has been fulfilled. Listen, anytime that you're reading the Bible, you have to read it with a kingdom mentality. And you're always having to look at where you were and where you're going. In sin, delivered. Okay? You, you, you've got to read it with that mentality in mind. Because that's all this thing is about. This thing is about restoration, reviving, salvation. And if we read this thing any other way, we'll never get a truth out of it. Because God's love is all about bringing you from here to there. That's his purpose. That's his desire. So you, we, got, we got Joshua... He's now bringing people, he don't just take them to the, to the banks of the Jordan. He's going to take them across now. Now they can inherit the promise. At first, all they could do was be led to it in a roundabout way, <laughs> pun intended. But they could be led to it. Now it's time to go. God's walked you around the mountain for however long it's been so that he can prepare you for what you're about to go through. A promise never comes without a fight. Anything worth having, you're going to have to fight for it. Your marriage, your children, your church, your salvation, Come on, you got to fight for this stuff, man. That, that's why he said that the kingdom is for overcomers. That means you got to fight. You can't lay down in the battle. You've got to overcome. You've got to keep fighting. I know it hurts. I know it don't look right. It don't feel right. It's not the same, but you got to keep fighting. Don't stop. It don't matter what you see. Don't stop. A form of complacency <laughs> is Noah or Moses. These people have been in bondage for so long that they have now put away God things. They're used to it. They know what tomorrow holds. What a boring life. Is that what you live? Do you know what tomorrow brings because you're comfortable where you are and you're not willing to change? You're not willing to arise. You're not listening to the call that Moses is dead. You're expect You've hung out with Moses so long. If Moses dies, you think it's your call to die. Complacency. 
you're comfortable. They were so comfortable that they were willing to go back. Could you ever imagine being so comfortable in what you're in, being so comfortable in your bondage, being so comfortable in depression, They were willing to go back. Joshua was not that guy. Let's check this out. Tommy, let's go to chat. Let's go to verse 10. But y'all seen the promise. Because you, you're gonna lead these people, right? You're gonna lead this people, the Israelites. You. See, some of you, I, I get the seed sowing thing. 25% is gonna walk out of here and go, man, I'm doing something. Another 25% is going to go, whoo, there's the sunshine. Right? There could be some that are just going to walk out here and go. Because that, that's just the way it is. There's a 25% chance you go, go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, I'm the 25%er. <laughs> See, <laughs> some of them won't do it. After God told Joshua about Moses being dead, if you read through, I'll just cut out some of that, but, but all of that from that point up till now is God encouraging Joshua. That's him encouraging him. He said, just be, listen, I know this is going to be tough, man. I know you're getting ready to go against the grain. You're getting ready to paddle against the flow. But it's going to be, just be strong, be courageous. People are going to thank you out your mind when you start doing what God's called you to do because anything that God's called you to do is way beyond anything that you could possibly do yourself. That's why a lot of people don't even go after God. They're, they're comfortable in their Christianity. Come to church, shake a couple quarters, Clap a hand or two, raise one, run out the door. At an amen sometime before. Poet. Never mind. I know one caught it because she got the gift of it. I'll sign your book later. God, you can't do things like that to me because I just go, Whew. All right. After all of this encouragement, he got instructions. Now Joshua is stepping in. Man, I thought Moses had a hard job. I guess maybe equal. Because Moses brought him out of bondage and he transitioned them into freedom or tried to and they couldn't get it now joshua is trying to break a generation out of following and moving them into so it might be about equal sorry it's how my mind works then joshua commanded the officers 
of the people saying, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourself. For within three days you will cross over this Jordan. And by the way, verse 11, it's my call to ministry. Todd, this may even be part of the mission for this house. Because we're tired of watching Christians be complacent, being comfortable, not going out and possessing that which God's given them to possess. Do you know that God gave you something to possess? Go and take it. Stop playing with this thing. Man, let's get armored up. Let's go. Let's go and get what belongs to us. And you can put that, listen, you can categorize that. I'm okay with that. Because until you can believe it for yourself, you can't believe it for your family. Until you can believe it for your family, you're not going to believe it for the church. Until you believe it for the church, you're not going to believe it for the community. Until you believe it for the community, you'll never believe it for the world. Pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourself for within three days you will cross over this Jordan. Circled, I circled that in my Bible, not once but twice. Because back in number two, he talked about this Jordan. This Jordan. That implies a couple things. Just hang on. To go and to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. How many of you know when you go to possess something, you're going to have to take it? You're waiting for the promise to be. Isn't that cute? Huh? When in all actuality, man, it might be a bloody mess by the time you get your hands on it. And you're going to, can I go ahead and tell you this too? You're going to fight way more in the promise than you will outside the promise. Because now the enemy knows, oh, whoa, they've grasped something. <laughs> They really think they can do this thing. Here's another fight. Here's another battle. Here's another problem. Here's another. <laughs> All right. You can't do stuff like that. To go and to possess the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess. And the Reubenites and the Gadites and the Termites and all them. And the half a tribe of Manasseh and Joshua spoke saying. Remember the word which Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you. We talked about it this morning. That your God has given you the rest. Your wives and little ones, they're going to have to hang out. We'll be back. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them. Go. Until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you. And they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God has given them. Then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave to you on the side of, on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you commanded us. As I read this, y'all read this. Read it in your heart. Let this go. So they answered Joshua, saying this. To Joshua told them everything about Moses. And they said back to Joshua, all that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Hang on, watch this. Go ahead. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, 
We will heed you. Oh, contingency. See, y'all thought I was trying to puff up, didn't you? I read contingencies. I look at a lot of contracts. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Basically, I'm going to slip. You do what Moses did with God, we got you. Whoever, uh-oh, whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command them. All right, go to the next one. Y'all got that, right? Y'all get, listen. You, you want to talk about people behind the word of the Lord? These people are behind the word of the Lord. So much so, they said if somebody rebels, we're just going to kill them. I didn't throw that in, right? That is right there. It's black and white, right? I mean, these are people that are willing at all costs. This is why I keep telling you, if you get a prophetic word, don't go home and set. Prepare yourself. Prepare your provisions. Set your steps in order. Get your life together. Start moving towards that promise. I can't teach on that. All right, we've done Moses. We're doing Joshua a little bit. Now, when he talked about this Jordan, this Jordan, it can imply two things. The first thing that it implied to me, I mean, first of all, you got to realize that this Jordan that was being discussed was at a flood stage. Typically, that Jordan was about 100 feet wide. Low, calm, easy to get across. You might have to pull your dress up. Okay. And he says, this Jordan. I can, man, he, he, I can see him now. He walked Joshua out there and said, come on. This Jordan. This Jordan at flood stage. After your promise. It's not 100 feet now. It's about a mile wide. Uh-oh. And it's raging. It's impossible to pass. But all things are possible with those who believe and are called according to his purpose. But he sees this Jordan. Uh-oh, this Jordan right here is the Jordan that 99.99% of us will run from. Man, that, don't, that don't look like that promise. We'll hang out. We're just going to relax for a minute. with me you ever gotten the promise and then you're faced with something and it causes you to stop it causes you to stop dead in your tracks there's no movement now how do you expect to possess trust man god god's building trust 
in Joshua. Joshua, I know that you've seen this, and you've gone through this, and you've experienced. Trust me in this. This, Jordan. The problems that are bigger than you've ever experienced. Oh, you can see the promise. But there's a whole big other story right here that I have to tend with. How many of you know that this Jordan might be the test? This might prove you'll trust. You know God proves every word. Say you love him. <laughs> Say you love him and watch him. That's why sometimes we're careful. Sometimes I get into worship and go, love you, God. <laughs> I'm joking. Not really. This Jordan, this will be the path of impossibility presented as we choose to move into our promise. When you heard it and now you've decided, you've prepared provisions. <laughs> Preparing your provisions. Up to this point, God has maintained you. God has helped you survive. He's hand-fed you. If God is going to hand-feed us all the way through life, would we ever need faith? If God is always there, if manna drops every day that you need it, if your shoes never wear out and your clothes don't grow old and get funky, that's a miracle in itself. Why would you need faith? See how God is building this thing up? That it's impossible to please God without it? That we're saved. You're not saved by his word. You're saved by your faith. Now, granted, don't, don't get me wrong. Let me back up. I caught you. Mm -hmm. You're saved by his works, not yours. Fast forward. By faith. And he's teaching us all the way through the word to have faith in him. Trusting, believing, give him everything you got, no matter what you see in this Jordan. Oh, it's bigger. Bigger than anything you've ever seen. Could you imagine the look on Joshua? Thank you. Can you imagine the look and the thought in Joshua's mind when he come and looked at this Jordan? He's already crossed that Jordan once. Remember? He went and spied, didn't he? He's already he already knew what to expect. He said, man, we got this thing. Whoa. <laughs> God, what's that? <sighs> huh? Ain't that? <sighs> mm -hmm. You've experienced something in your life at a smaller degree. And he comes and he says, 
hey, come check out this thing. And you go, yeah, I've been there. I'm, I'm all right. Go, whoa. <laughs> you wouldn't like it the last time. That's how we grow our faith. That's how we're moved from faith to faith. Glory to glory. We, we got to, man, if you're experiencing harder problems in your life now, you ought to be dancing and saying, whew, I'm that much closer because things is getting hectic. I must be that much closer. We've got to learn to persevere through it. Colossians 1 puts it like this. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has done what? Qualified us be partakers of the inheritance He qualified you, so it's yours. Man, don't let what you see distract you. Don't let what you see put you back on your heels. Be like Joshua and get up in the face of that and say, you with me or you with them? Because we got to handle this thing. I ain't got time. We got to go. Moses is dead. Joshua was running. Joshua was a symbol of direction. Joshua said, we're going. We're going in three days. Now, three days can mean some things. Number one, consciously, it gives you a time frame. Subconsciously, it's telling you it's going to happen. You ever had your boss? You got three days to get this back to me. Or you don't have a job. He's done two things to you or she's done two things to you. She's told you, number one, you got a few days to get it. <laughs> and then she told you in the back of your head that if you don't, I think that's what took place. Joshua said, go tell them, three days we're going. Three days. Can you imagine? <laughs> the doubters. Man, we've been walking this thing for 40 years. What makes you think in three days <laughs> we going over God has ordained a time for you. And only you and he know it. I can't tell you how long you'll sit where you're sitting unless God tells me. But you know, he's told you. How long? Will you choose to stand on the banks and hope that it happens? Or will you make a decision? 
You got your provisions ready? See what used to be the thing to do, now ain't going to be the thing to do. <laughs> he said, prepare your provisions. Get your own corn, get your own meal, get your own stuff. Get it together, because once you get over there, I'm done with it. Prepare yourself. Well, pastor, how do we prepare? This is how you prepare yourself. Fasting and praying. Staying in the space. Listen, it's not natural food that you need to depend on as much as it is spiritual food. Because the enemy, the enemy's not going to just mold your bread, okay? He's not just going to put some mold on your bread. The enemy's coming after your head. And if I can get you to think dumb, got you. You think crazy, got you. I think this is the difference between us really trusting God and just playing with their faith. I think that I think that's the, the I think that is probably the purest defining line in whether we play church or we are church. It's how much we trust and believe in him so much that we know, like he says, tribulations are coming, offenses are coming, problems are coming. You're going to go through some stuff. You need to make sure. You need to grow in everything. You need to grow. But we won't give him the light of day until the storm hits. And then we run. We run brokenhearted. We run out with our hands with a, with a posture of humility and need. And we cry out to God as if God was put on your shelf to be your genie. And then we get angry when things doesn't come together and doesn't work out for the good like we think it is. Because our good and his good are two total different things. His good is that you're broken and fully dependent upon him. Your good is that you don't need him and everything's good. That's your good. And Joshua said, yeah, I want you to prepare your stuff in three days. We're gone. We're moving. So he's going to represent direction for us. Here we see a second generation of Israel. The first, the first generation is the group that come out of Egypt and died off. Now, now we've got the second generation that we're dealing with. Sometimes in order for us to enter into what God has for us, some things in our life have to die off. See, I know this has been preached probably a million times if it's been preached one time. Half of what we tend to is because we're still carrying things that we shouldn't carry. Matter of fact, we're carrying stuff that we can't carry because manna still fell on this side of the Jordan. Put it in their pocket, <laughs> but God had already trained them. <laughs> this is today's daily bread, brother. <laughs> 
and we try to stuff that away and we hope that our arrogance and our bitterness and and we walk with that stuff the whole time asking god why hasn't the promise come to fruition Why? Why am I seeing this now? What's in us that needs to be worked out? What in you is weak that needs to be made strong? Do you have problems with forgiveness? Do, do you have problems and dealing with sin that you're trying, but you just keep, these are things that we have to deal with in our everyday walk. We have to deal with these. And God told him, he said, this Jordan, <laughs> this Jordan. Man, the first time I recognized this Jordan, I just leaned back in my chair and went, really, God? There's another one? Because if I'm talking about this place, that means there's another place. If I'm talking about this problem, it means there's another problem. If I'm talking about this kid, that means there's another. I said, really, God? There's another Jordan that I've got to cross? Another one of this? Come on, have any of you ever been there and said, God, I can't take another one of this? Huh? Have we? Guess what? It's not going to be another one of this, remember? Let's rewind it back. Joshua went over when it was low. And then he come back to this and it was bigger. What happens now when we go to the next? <laughs> so I'm not trying to run you out of the faith. I'm just trying to strengthen you for the faith. So I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't want to give you a big glass of milk because the milk ain't going to sustain you for so long. i got to put some sustenance in there. I wonder how many of you have crossed this Jordan more than once. Not that it's a bad thing. It just means you're that much. Man, if you've crossed it twice and somebody's only crossed it once, you ought to be happy. Woo! <laughs> Woo, I got you by about 40 years. <laughs> you see, go in and possess this land. It's yours. It's meant for you. The Bible says it like this. That it's his desire that all men come to know him. That's his desire. So anything that you're going through, don't blame it on God. He wants you to make it. 
He wants you. He wants you so bad that he had his son die for you. He, that, listen, if it's not your desire, you're not going to do that. <laughs> I don't know if we can use us or not. If it wasn't my desire to be locked down, I wouldn't have got married, right? Man, I think that was a bad, that was a bad, yeah. We we got married because we wanted to, and then we just figured out that, hey, we are locked down now. So now our desire is, let's just make this thing work. <laughs> so God's desire is that you come to know him. Not that kind of no. Can I, can I tell you something without offending you? Head knowledge ain't going to get you to heaven. He came, he being God, came and told Moses that, you know, I went before Abraham Isaac and Jacob and they knew me but they didn't know me like this see I want to know God like this <laughs> oh my goodness I want to know God like this this is how I want to know God when everything around me is falling apart I'm stable I want to know God like this when my money is funny I got God he owns all the cattle on a thousand hills so I'm good I want to know God like this when I am broken-hearted that God draws close to me see that's what is this God that you want to know Don't you love him so much that he just gives you a word and says, here, this, you describe it. But wait a minute, he didn't say this. He said, I am. You fill in the blanks. Are you getting this? God's trying to get you from here to there. What, what are you willing to go through? What type of fight are you willing to stand in? To get to there. Because there's a place. It was a promise. It was the inheritance. Inheritance. Oh, by the way, that God qualified us for. Remember that in Colossians? I'm just thankful that it's mine. And whether, whether, whether or not me and you hold... Whether or, not me, whether or not me or you hold hands and dance in the daisies together doesn't necessarily mean I'm not going to go. I'm going, baby. I want you to go with me. I'm going, baby.
What's your inheritance? Do you believe it? <laughs> Do you? Come here. I've got the hottest wife in the world, boy. I just wanted to see a walk to me. <laughs> That's a, hey Facebook. <laughs> See, I can do this. <laughs> that calls you wanna. Boy. No, I need my mind now. She got up. And... <laughs> what is your inheritance? And are you willing to fight? Oh, it's it's easy to stand here. Oh, let me get in your living room. Can I get in your living room? You got your coffee ready? You got it on the coffee table? You bite, you're just reading a good book? Let me get in your living room for a minute. It's easy to be here and say I'm a Christian. That would have been the perfect spot for crickets. That would have been the perfect spot for crickets. Ain't it? Man, it's, it's easy to sit inside of church and say, I love the Lord. Amen. But what happens? What happens when God says, I want you to get your stuff together? Because we're fixing to go. I want to show you something. Oh, this is the grace of God. To tell you, this is what I have for you, then to walk you to this Jordan and show you, he showed him ahead of time. Yes, he did. He, should, he said, he told the commanders, go back into the camp. Tell everybody to get their stuff together. Right? Quit playing with the dog. Quit playing fetch. Let's go. Three days, get your provisions together. He told him, in three days. So what? Now, in those three days, Joshua was talking to God. And he said, come here. I want to show you. This Jordan. Oh, and he probably done it just like this. He probably, be strong, be courageous. What, what you desire, because it, it becomes our desire, because God gives us the desires of our hearts. So it's our desire to reach the promised land, to, to possess Amen. our inheritance. But we got to fight this Jordan. Just trust me. Matter of fact, 
I love this part. You can sit down. I'm going to just stand back and watch you. <laughs> Pull my heart just a flutter. <laughs> Jesus. Um, stop. I'm trying to be serious with these people. See? I lost it, brother. It's a good thing for the men that ain't married. If your wife can mess you, if your girlfriend can mess you up like that, it's probably the one to marry. (laughs) This has been going on for about 27 of them. Can you help me? We talked about that, Jordan. All right, well, anyway, maybe it was meant for the next one. This is God's super grace. He walks Joshua and told him this Jordan. I can just I can see it. Now come on. Don't, don't be concerned with it. Just come on. And he walks him back to his camp. He says, Now this is how I want you to do it. I'll never ask you to cross this Jordan without first going before you. (laughs) Oh my God, some of you are hung up because he took you and showed you this Jordan. You're distraught. Man, you're, you're in pieces. Your life is just a battleground. Because he showed you this Jordan, but you, you didn't stand and listen long enough. Because he wanted to walk you back and say, this is how we're going to do it. I want you to get the priest that carry my glory. And I want you to have them stand. See, y'all thought it was, Joshua didn't make the way, oh. God made the way. He said, have them stand in the flood stage Jordan that's raging. But Joshua, you don't have to go. You, you come, you stand here. Hey, y'all remember? All that you tell us to do. <laughs> Woo, I love God. 
we'll do it. As God's with you and you're with God, we'll do it. Here's the first test. Joshua, you better make sure you're with God, boy. You're trying to put the glory in the water. You better hope it don't fall. You better hope this thing does exactly. I can see Joshua now. Lord, you, I know you to walk with me. He's probably speaking in tongues. <laughs> I know I would have been. So he wants to get you from here to there. But your inheritance comes with direction. It comes with encouragement. <laughs> and it comes with him leading the way. That's why I said do not fear. Be strong. Be courageous. I'm on your side. I've got your back. I love my daddy. My daddy is good to me in spite of me. <laughs> 